Hello, nerds. Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour, the only formerly explicitly Christian podcast on the internet. But now we have been given a new divine text by our one and only Holy Radiance. So now this is the only podcast on the internet sponsored by the Church of Her Radiant Emotion, where we talk about every live action television show based on Carly Rae Jepsen or Carly Rae Jepsen property. With me, as always, is Ryan. We have pre show meetings. Yeah. Like, the, the pre-show meeting is the time where you bring up, hey, guys, just so you know, I'm a Carly Rae Jepsen fan. I had no idea. I'm dumbfounded. I, well, you know what? I figure this is the best place for you guys to learn this very new fact about me. Also, this is Greg. Uh, hey, Taylor, just to show that I definitely know how to do jokes about Carly Rae Jepsen, thank you, next. <laughs> hey! <laughs> right? That's wrong. That's incorrect. That's no, a that different was, person, and you are delightful. excommunicated. You're Whoa. not allowed on the podcast anymore. Get the fuck out. What oh, about bother. this? Is Carly Rae Jepsen's, uh, is, is that Billy Ray Cyrus's wife? Did, okay, this, okay. Is, Wait, I, this is a real question. The Lord is testing did, me. Did she sing the song Cut to the Feeling? Yes, she did. Okay, I know who this person is. <laughs> yes, 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 that is. <laughs> you did it. Yes, it is. <laughs> also, this is Mike. Carly Rae Jepsen. I hardly knew Rae Jepsen. That's, I, why are you doing this to me? God, why why, why is this? everyone what? trying to make me angry? How about this? Uh, she goes back in time to like caveman era, and then we get to see the Flintstones meet the Jepsons. Oh, but you know what? Honestly, that song, I Want to Cut to the Feeling, I do think that is like a song about this generation. Do you guys remember what it was for like the first two weeks after that song came out? And I just talked to Greg and Mike about like, how do I tell Taylor that it's the best song I've ever heard? <laughs> because he's not going to be cool about it. You no, know, he's just going to no. poke you. But it is the best song you've ever heard. And like, it has, I think, like the most important lyrics of any song. I She just wants to cut to the feeling. She just wants to cut to the feeling. What does she, she wants yes. to borrow a cup of love. She doesn't, because <laughs> as a culture, we no longer know how to have earned, real, right. developed moments. Instead, we just want to cut to what the feeling of these moments are. It's a song really about how empty human experience has become. But is she commenting on her generation? Or just proving that is she is part of, of our generation. I think she's commenting on it. I think th- I think the pep pop sound is supposed to draw you <laughs> in, so that you don't know that you're about to encounter a cultural truth. And then when your guard is down, she delivers it to you. Oh, sort of like cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort, <laughs> dude. That, now exactly. I understand. It's very Papa Rochian. Yeah, it's they very the Papa Rochian. <laughs> there are two. There are two pop culture like yes. icons that I Papa. worship. Papa that, that, I, that, I, that, I, that I worship, and it's Carly Rae Jepsen and Papa Roach. <laughs> that is straight up you in a bundle. That's me. Uh, yeah, but the new album came out, and it's great, and it's perfect and wonderful, and a beautiful ball of joy. So we have now the Bible. We're setting that aside as yeah, a podcast. Yeah, that's gone. We are no longer a Christian podcast. And we, our new Bible came out today, yes, and it's it came, wonderful. Yeah, you Thank should her. listen to it. It's, fi- it's 15 tracks. It's only 15 tracks, 48 minutes. Much shorter than the Bible. I like Most, that. Yeah. This is an easy read. The Bible read. has a lot of tracks. <laughs> and, yeah. have, you ever, have, you, have you ever tried to like just dance to Chuck Missler reading the Bible? It takes forever. But they got God on like four of those tracks. Yeah, that's pretty God. Good. But it's, he does as much work as the dude in that Billie Eilish song where he just says four <laughs> words. He's like, Jesus. Dun, 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 He's just, dun, dun, dun. I, I am. Mm. Mm. I am. <laughs> That's you know what it it works. That's I, all you I, gotta say. I dude. love those interstitials, but the rest it it gets muddy in the, the mid. Sketches in the sketches aren't tracks. as funny, and they're a little problematic. <laughs> right? Yeah, and I feel like we moved past that as like a as a genre in mm. music. Like also, we don't do that anymore. Kung Fu Kenny is already somebody's nickname. Yeah. Even if you're God, you can't now take that for yourself. It just doesn't work. Well, you have to like buy him a Rolex or something. <laughs> yeah, like if a baseball player already has your number, <laughs> yeah. God has to come down to Kung Fu Kenny. He's like, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just get you this vat of wine or something. Kung Fu Kenny two. 
I guess that would work. But the, the sequel? The non-god guy is Kung, Kung Fu Kenny 2, right? Back in the Habit. <laughs> Kung Fu Kenny 2 is the one that's in the Air Force. <laughs> because <laughs> for Kung Fu Kenny, it's, it'd be okay to like copy your nickname off God. Right. God can't be Kung Fu <laughs> Kenny 2 and say, like, well, I really like what Kung Fu Kenny was putting down. <laughs> Kung, Kung Fu Kenny Chesney, is that a thing? Is that something? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't like it, yeah. Would you tell us? I would. I would say that. You did that to, when Taylor Swift's last album came oh out. Oh, yeah. Taylor Swift's last album was hot garbage. But he yeah. was stupid like, and dumb. The character of Taylor was already over Taylor Swift at that point mm. and had moved on to the church. Oh, okay. That's true. Well, I mean, uh, yes and no. Taylor, I'm talking to Greg here, please. <laughs> oh, oh, you're right. <laughs> Sorry. Stay it's out. called yeah. a tea party, this, and it makes for good casting. This album, I still haven't decided if it's as good as Emotion yet, but it is dope as hell. And How I've many been, times have you listened to it? Six or seven. Nice. Came out today? Yeah. Nice. Well, last night. Okay. That's so the only time Taylor's answered that question. I believe the answer. Yeah. I, I do believe that he listened to it six or seven times. But just in one day, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, 48 I, minutes. Two and a half of those were on the drive here to the our beautiful recording studio. Oh, okay. So. Have you started to, like, memorize lyrics? Oh, I did that, like, well, as soon as the first single was released. What's, what's the number I, one bop? I. I <laughs> Top of the bops. I I will hold that Julian is the number one, but there's still a lot of shuffling going on. I'm just a sucker for like a nice like glittery guitar and a little bit of disco. Have you started to play it on shuffle so you can see how each song stands alone and not in the flow of the album? No. Do people do that? There are people who that's do that. gross. If you don't pay for Spotify, they do it, or they used to do it for. Yeah. It. I've obviously paid for Spotify for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. I'm very rich, but uh, yeah, Spotify used to say we'll play whatever. You know, you want us to, but we're going to shuffle all the songs, asshole. <laughs> you poor idiot. <laughs> well, you don't even know the order. <laughs> well, well, speaking of shuffling things up, we're talking about Riverdale later. But before we get to that, we're going to change one letter in the super serious shishy bullpen. <laughs> now we're here in the super serious shishy bullpen. We're changing one letter. And we all know how that works. I am going to present to you a couple of shows that we watched that have had one letter changed. And you guys gonna tell me what that show is so there's no like agents to call or like stars to fill in how we're bing bong literally just straight up saying the premise of what the like the behind the scenes premise yeah i don't i don't think that there's a bing bong anywhere involved in this okay that's yeah, good we'll to know. see if that happens He's still in the pit uh so kicking it off ryan yeah you've presented to us uh agents of sheila yes okay so we all love phil colson of course but what do we know about phil colson's mom <laughs> Nothing. She also. You mean Sheila? Sheila, yes. Okay. Sheila Colson uh, thought that was so proud of her son. She decided to get a bunch of moms together and say, like, <laughs> let's take off the red hats, let's put the book club books down, and let's be agents of Sheila. So other shows make baby versions of their main characters. This, <laughs> yes. is, this show is Muppet brave enough oldies <laughs> to is, make this is parents. this is like old Colson instead of young Sheldon. And then do they? <laughs> Do they sit around and like knit and like talk about their kids? No, no, they do. Yeah, they do all the same things. But when they enter a room, they still do all like the SWAT team, oh, okay. like guns up, everything, and then they move into a room, gently sit down because oh my goiter, and then carry about their conversation. Yeah, like how old are these ladies? Oh, Phil what? Phil Coulson is mid fifties. Yeah, yeah, but you do a little Hollywood razzle dazzle magic, and his mom could be like fifty. Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> yeah, plus it's like the scale of a man's aging versus a woman's. So, but or, or are we doing like old? Yeah, I'm thinking like Golden Girls. This is we're gonna combine what everybody loves about Shield and what everybody loved about the Golden Girls. I think I think what you just said would make any pitch successful. Mm-hmm. Golden if you Girls. pulled in the Golden Girls yeah. at yeah. that point in the pitch. Yes, that's got that's a sale for me. Because we're at the point now we're like oh. How many episodes have you seen? Zero. Like, but I know. What do you know about it? it? Nothing. But like, I do love it. I love all four of them. It's the best. 
Ranch? Do you need more ranch? I'm an Estelle head myself. But I, is that a real character on the Golden Girl? It I'm is. a friend of Dorothy. The girl, it's the goldenest of all the girls. Uh, well, it sounds like we've got a, a sold pitch on Agents of Sheila. Wait, are we just moving on and we're not each going to become an Agent of Sheila and <laughs> do our impression? I, well, I, About like bunions and stuff? You know what? What if we didn't? What, what if, if we didn't? It's me, Benice. My son's the Captain America. He's a very good boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm tired all the time and my legs are swelling. We're also capitalizing on that hot... I don't know what the pro. I never know what the products are for in commercials. But uh-huh. Neil Patrick Harris is just talking to his mom and like eight other celebrity moms, and it does not make sense. Do, including are you Snoop Dogg's mom yeah. and uh, Seth Rogen's mom. What? They're all just hanging out. What? What are you talking about? I've watched more commercials. Nerd. I haven't seen a commercial in like six years. Dude, what are you guys doing? They're popping off. Yeah, do you they're pay, great. Seriously, commercials are going deep. Do you pay the extra three dollars for Hulu? Like, what are we doing here? I do. Yeah, I do. I, yeah. I, I have. I, have I need that coffee free. once a month. I, no, I have ad-free Hulu. I'm an adult. I make money. I want to. I need the pulse. Hulu started. If you watch Hulu during the day, it starts giving you daytime commercials. Oh, oh yeah. And now I'm learning about my local news team, the I, I team. It's like you have. A bunch of PIs who tell you what the cases are in the neighborhood. I'd pay three extra dollars for no commercials, but four extra dollars for the daytime commercials of my childhood. Yes. And the story about the water burst on Main Street is, it happened. (laughs) Back to you guys. Uh, Bing bong. That's Agents of Sheila has been sold. Next up, Greg. Yes, lay it on me. Tell us about the tuck. The tuck. (laughs) Well, dude, this is perfect. So, uh... So far, I feel like mostly we have superheroes who like just happen to be cisgendered, but we're getting Doom Patrol. We're moving. We're moving it yes. a, a, a little bit. We're moving the needle, but it's time for just just a trans superhero or drag queen superhero. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to make assumptions here, Greg. Greg, if I may, if I can throw it out to you, it seems like you're pitching. Solid fire right here. Yeah. Why don't I just bump this up a bit and we just give it to Trinity the Tuck Taylor, well, the famed drag queen. There you go. There's and a drag queen with the last name of Taylor. Yes. How has she not been on your podcast? Well, listen, I'm not very popular. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I always forget about that. I don't have that kind of fool. She is a very famous person. Yeah, and uh, just follows her adventures. I. I love I so her, what, what her kind of secret identity is Trinity the Tuck Taylor, and then her superhero identity is the Tuck. It's just the I Tuck. Think, I mean, I know we're Superman put on a pair of fucking glasses. That's true. I just dropped yeah. two parts of my name. Part of <laughs> part of the Tuck superpowers are going to be like to just like wow and mesmerize and entertain. So what you're mm. like focusing on is not like, hey, who's this person? It's just like any place the Tuck goes. Partying just breaks out right. spontaneously. I love that superpower. But it's not like I'm. It's not like a manic crazy partying. People are just like legit popping off Into and it. having a super good time. Even the bad guys. And you know what? You're so arrestable if you're just having like a chill time at that's, a party. That's very true. That's most arrests happen when people are having a and chill time. That's why I never do. And then the tuck is like, I got to bounce, and just immediately goes to a new location where there's a crime and starts making it into a big party. Do you guys I remember? And then so partying is not a crime. That's your catchphrase. <laughs> but skateboarding My girl is. Likes that party's not a crime. Party's <laughs> not a crime. So her partner would be the French suck, where she only puts like half under. <laughs> uh, do you guys remember that three months after puberty where you knew something was up, but you didn't really know how to access porn? So you're just like, oh, there's a big mirror. I'll tuck it in. Look at my favorite <laughs> thing, the vagina. Or remember that? that's a big part of the Tommy Lee, Pamela Anderson sex tape. He just, that sex tape is like 20 minutes long, 11 minutes. Yeah, where he—that's so much of that. He knocks a vase off the dresser, like 
10 feet behind him. <laughs> And then also famously, it's in Silence of the Lambs, which yes, is a little depth. Oh, depth. but my favorite rendition is Silence of the Lambs because <laughs> he really gets it in there. Yeah. He's really committed to the craft. Tom, Tommy Lee does craft. a pretty good job. Based on too. this conversation, he's all does, right, but he's definitely amateur. <laughs> does the tuck deserve a Rushmore of the most iconic tucks in pop, uh, pop culture history? I think so, I think so. honestly. Mount Tuckmore. <laughs> but see, you know what? I think these are like w- the obvious. Would you tuck me? <laughs> I'd tuck me. That's the dick talking? <laughs> yeah. Tuck me, baby. <laughs> it's it's make it's, me a tuckled. So it's it's little Bill. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> Greg, I personally I love this idea that you've come up this with. This is going to be a tuck. good show. This is a good show that I would watch. I would watch every episode of this on Logo or VH1 <laughs> if it does success. Whoa, we're trying to get to freeform, friends. All uh, right? You know what? Shoot for the shoot Pipe for the dream. moon. Shoot for the moon. <laughs> All right, Mike. Mm. It's your turn. Mm-hmm. What have you got for us for Zoom Patrol? Oh, All right. Wow. The Zoom Patrol. The Zoom Patrol. You know what? I'm sorry. Is it Zoom or Zoom? Zoom Patrol. Zoom. Because okay. Zoom oh, Patrol would be too many letters, Change. That'd be change a, one letter, right? The called Change One Letter, Ryan. That's every letter from the first <laughs> word. <laughs> Literally every letter. So the Zoom Patrol is not what you think. It's <laughs> oh, right I now. Love, I love where this is going The internet loves dogs, or as the internet likes to say, is doggos. So That's the Zoom true. Patrol kind of takes the puppy bowl take, and it's puppy versions of the Doom Patrol, and they're fighting puppy crime in weird ways. Wow. Oh, my God. Fuck. Okay, we're supposed to, like, jump in now, I know. but I just want to uh, kick back and let you talk, that, bro. Uh, the one going. thing, though, I'm like, sometimes we come up with an idea, and then when it's not a show, I feel legit sad, <laughs> like, and I'm like, I, my heart kind of broke, because I'm like, no, Greg, he's just playing <laughs> pretend, remember? And I was like, no! There, there's RoboPup, which just looks like a robot uh, dog. Uh, uh. The, the, the saddest one and the cutest one is the chief because it is a bulldog <laughs> with two broken back legs, oh, but it has no. the dog wheelchair. Oh, it's adorable. I love when uh, Puppy Rita like starts to melt into uh-huh. that skin thing, and then all of the other puppy patrols run over and start eating all yeah, the melty they just part of it. The Which one is a corgi, do you think? Which ones will be played by a corgi? Because there will be a corgi. Because that'll think, be my uh, favorite one, so I want to know right off the I bat. I think that's probably Larry Trainer, right? Just wrapped up. Oh, you want a mummy oh, corgi? Yeah, it's the a only mummy other, corgi. But you know, wait, uh, Crazy Jane. That's gonna be multiple dogs. Yeah, right that's, there. that's oh, where you get yeah. a lot of. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. you get like little yippy ones. And like, uh, Mister Nobody is a like trash chihuahua, just like ripped up and little, <laughs> oh, like yeah. real angry. I feel like uh, like Karen is definitely like a little uh, like a what French pom- poodle. I was gonna say Pomeranian. Like Pomeranian. Pomeranian. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love I love this and, and so much. What leather? Not Leatherface. What's her like? What? I say fuck you even more than Crazy Jane does. Oh, uh, 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 Leatherhead. Leatherhead. No. Doberman Pinscher. Hammerhead. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But Mister Nobody Pinscher. should be yet another thing that cartoons only have and not real life is a dog catcher with a net. Who sometimes mm. drives in a van just trying to catch stray dogs? <laughs> and, and like, where are those people in gets real life? Off on it, uh, gets yeah, real mad. It. If you say that dog is yours and you have the proof, he will be furious. In fairness to them, when they're not catching dogs, they're probably like scraping possums off the ground. <laughs> so this is probably is nice because they get to run around outside. And but try the to cartoons catch didn't show the second part where they caught the dog, brought it in the van, and were like, "Oh, you're good." Dog. Yeah, I love you so much. Here's a hot dog. It's bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> you're my only friend. <laughs> but you think yeah. I hate you? But obviously, don't be friends with a dog catcher. No. That's why we ask people, uh, oh, what do you do when we first meet him? Because yeah. they might say dog just catcher. In case and we just get they the say fuck dog out of And then suddenly you're like, wait, where's my dog? And he's like, <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like the dog burglar. He's like, <laughs> like yeah. the, he's like Sounds the, like, the, like someone snuck into like your Ronald's boat. Best friend and of me. Snatch, <laughs> rubble, rubble. <laughs> uh, well, uh, bing bong. I'm 
progressing by button on the Zoom Patrol. Yes. And we're going zoom. zoom, 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 straight to the polls. And they're going to vote yes on Zoom Patrol. <laughs> Wait, you bought it and then they had to vote? What is yes. this government? Are the dogs voting? There's a lot of bureaucracy when it comes <laughs> to making television shows. That's all the time we have for the Super Series Shishi Bullpen. Now we're going to move on to the main segment of the show, which is Riverdale. <laughs> this week for the main segment, Mike is going to read the paragraph because he's going to read all of them because this is his make-a-wish because he has terminal cancer and he's dying. Thank you. Thank you. I've learned to read. I want to show it off, so I'm going to do it all night here. Should Do I do it now? Yes. Oh, he my ha- God. This he, is already awful. He okay. has thrown to what, you. And what okay. do I do? And go. In the third season finale of Riverdale, Veronica, Archie, Jughead, and Betty are invited to a very fancy, creepy secret dinner where Penelope Blossom reveals herself to be the true force behind this season's goings-on. At her side are Hale the Black Hood and Chick the Gargoyle King, and they force our brave foursome to survive a night in the woods LARPing one final game of Griffins (laughs) and Gargoyles. Meanwhile, no one believes Cheryl when she says the farm is harvesting organs. Taste Buds ask you this. Did Riverdale rob us of the medieval-style fight between different teenage gangs we deserve? Or was there enough batshit throughout the finale to give you that sweet, sweet jingle jangle we all crave? I, I want to be very clear about my position on this episode. It was hot, stupid garbage, <laughs> and I loved all of it. Well, there's, there's this thing that Riverdale does when it's sort of mediocre. Like, not the heights that we've seen before, but definitely not the depths. Yeah. Uh, just understand that, like, every six minutes or so, we don't remember exactly how to be good. But every six minutes, we're going to just pump them full of Riverdale drug, mm-hmm. yeah. some jingle jangle. So like, they'll keep watching, and then they'll re- think that they like the episode. It, and I definitely had that. I have. That I don't was, have a lot to complain about. There were so many moments in this episode where I just went, <laughs> "What? Yeah, why?" <laughs> uh, it starts off. It starts off weird with two things, and it's two weird mom moments. As Cheryl's mom, Tony, like wakes up from her coma or whatever, and is like, "Here's what's happening." Her mom just goes, "Oh dear," and that's when you're like, <laughs> "Maybe Cheryl's mom is the one doing it," and then Archie's mom. I think is in on it because Archie's or like... Or she's the worst actress of all time. He's like, Veronica gave me the title to the El Royale. And she goes, okay, but how are you romantically? <laughs> but I'm still interested Dish in the romantic girl. feelings between you and Veronica. Yeah, she like, acted like that video that you have to watch when you first get a job about sexual <laughs> harassment. Like That's the caliber of line and line delivery. She has had some pretty wooden performances on this show, though, so it's really hard to say mm-hmm. like which it is. At some point, Molly Ringwald like hit her head and forgot how to do acting. And and did she forget? Or were we all like, I don't know, you're precocious as a teenager. Like, yeah, <laughs> she took like a 20-year break. And they're like, well, she used to be big. And that's what her thing is. Maybe like put them, audition them still. Re-audition yeah. these old ty- teenage actors. But I think they just want the cachet of, yeah. like, to, to be able yeah. to say that. Because I think that's kind of what the show is about. It's like one generation of but pop stars versus Then that another. means like don't give them any heavy lifting. Because right. yeah. I think that particularly Betty and Veronica, slightly less Jughead, and then way less Archie. Um, they have a ton of heavy lifting to do, but they're like, they're good at it. They get it. Like yeah. They, know, they mm. understand what's going on. Molly Ringwald, she may still be good. She probably will win a couple more Oscars, but uh, here, she doesn't know what's going on and they don't help her out at all. And the I cr- think you cast Molly Ringwald when you think she's going to be for that one episode, not realizing everything that's going to happen. Be like, fuck, Archie doesn't That she'd become the Urkel and yeah. they have to put her in every episode now. Yeah. <laughs> the- uh, I, I was gonna say, like the moment when they bring everyone down to that fucking that weird creep dinner. The creep dinner is that what a pop up restaurant is like? Is that how it works? <laughs> it, like the all of the reveals were so weird, and like it seemed like they were just like, and now chicks here, yeah. yeah. And I was just like, this is, and the fact that Jughead says, 
as Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah, oh famous, my God. famously sad. I rolled my eyes so fucking hard. Also, like, you say, do you have it? One, like, the, the hero normally interrupts or, like, figures it out. They don't wait for the villain to say, it is your turn. <laughs> Please interrupt. <laughs> and not one second before the person, the chick could have just taken his mask off. You don't need that fucking five-minute monologue. The line of the show, though, was, uh, like, a whole bunch of, like, the creep dinner stuff happens, and Betty leans into Jug, and she's like, Jug, what's happening? And he leans in very earnestly and he's like, I've almost figured it out. What the fuck does that mean? When he said, I've almost figured it out. I've almost figured it It out. It was as if like the Jughead who narrates the show like possessed his body. Uh And he was like, I've been been talking to the writer's room and I've almost figured out what they have concocted. Based on this episode, the one couple that cannot break up is Betty and and almost Veronica is Jughead because... He is just motivated and inspired, but then also she does all of the groundwork. The real thing. Yeah, there's another part where they're sitting in chairs learning about stuff. Oh, I think it's from, at the end, uh, Betty's brother, half-brother works for the FBI. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They were just like, hey, fuck it. The real chick. They're like, here's Charles. Also, Betty, the reason your mom's been acting out of character all season, she works for the FBI. And then they <laughs> and both. I'm your Jughead. brother. And, then and I'm your brother, Jughead. <laughs> <laughs> they both look at Jughead to like, uh, isn't this crazy? And he's like, oh my god, what? Yeah, uh, his uh, face was frozen in a weird way. You can't do that. <laughs> what are we talking about? But clearly, Jughead has some extreme importance in this universe because, as the huge flash forward shows us, they like. <laughs> Kill Jughead. Okay, yeah. And then they're <laughs> yes. gonna burn their clothes. Including and Jughead's beanie. Including Jughead's beanie. And then they're gonna like go rinse themselves in that pond that they weren't supposed to swim in. I know that like the shushies are right around the corner. Um the best moment of the year, Shushy. I don't know how I can go to anything else other than we're at the we're at the shop having milk. <laughs> Nothing bad is ever gonna happen to us <laughs> ever Boom, again. Spring break. <laughs> and they're not just like they're not just like talking about a mystery. They are different characters. Yes. Like, Veronica is fucked up, but Betty's like, here's the plan. We do it. Yeah. And then Archie hesitates, and she's like, do it. Betty is in. So there there are four denouements to this episode. The episode ends earlier than you think, so they can get rid of all like the post-credit scenes, and one of them is one year later. So they're at Pop Shop, and it's just the one year later, and they've decided they killed Jughead, and they're covered in blood. Yeah. And you guys, I swear, the reason is because he's going to become self-aware of the fact that he's a character on this show. I swear that's what it is. That's what the whole show is building to, is to preserve the their ignorance about knowing that they're characters on a See, show they're I, gonna have to kill Jughead. I love I your always, head cannon. <laughs> I always wonder that if writers have a plan and then the internet gets to it and they what happens out, to it? Do they have to change it? Yeah. But what if it's the reverse? What if they found a piece of the internet, the show that nobody listens to? <laughs> they're like, oh, let's just do that then. No one's that gonna know. That sounds awesome. But don't it's, didn't you kind of get those vibes? Don't things kind couldn't they kind of work out for that to be what they're building? Well, to? Especially because Jughead in his uh, at some point in his numerous speeches in this episode, he's like, <laughs> "Fuck this town! Yeah. You're behind all of it, and this happened, and then this <laughs> happened." The begat his begat speech. The uh-huh. way that I figured it was that sometime in the future, Jughead is like two thousand pounds. And they're covered in <laughs> spaghetti sauce. And they can't, they have to stop feeding him. They have to just leave him alone. And the beanie won't fit on him anymore. <laughs> it looks like Adabisi's hat, so they have to burn it. And then he explodes. I based on the end of this episode, they were like, all right, we're wrapping up season three. Next year's season four, where we're all seniors. And then bad shit happens. Does it feel like the writers are writing themselves into being we're like, we don't have to do season five? Yeah, it, yeah. Th- it very much felt like, okay, we're gonna do one more season of this, and then it's all gonna like be neatly put together, and then we're done. 
It yeah. felt like they took it upon themselves to announce, like, but it's going to be our last season. This is not thought of as, like, an auteur show. You no. know, like, if Damon Lindelof wants to leave The Leftovers, then HBO wraps up The Leftovers. If the people who created Riverdale want to leave Riverdale, CW says, fuck you, we love money, we will find other people, yeah, assholes. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I mean, they could also, depending on how the spinoffs go, I think that's how... This that's why they've started these spinoffs mm-hmm. is if these do as well as Riverdale did, then they can just like shut down the original because it's getting honestly batshit crazy. And or just do like actors. do volume two. Like yeah. just say that like this is effectively right. Riverdale dot five or Riverdale dot two. Yeah. And like th- we are rebooting this universe and it's like a take on the original show or something like that. But like, I can't believe that after three three years of watching this show uh, and all the surrealness and everything, uh, still realizing that the people standing around that campfire or that, you know, violence fire covered in blood <laughs> were Archie, Betty, and Veronica. Right, Like, yeah. that still hit me. Like, this is fucking nuts. It's very weird. The can whole t- thing is... Can we talk about the biggest reveal, though? Yeah, well, what is... Is, you, the, is it Cheryl's psycho moment? Is it yeah. Hiram being fucking just ripped to shreds? Well, we saw no, that last week. Yeah. We know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, but yeah. it's uh, when Chick takes the mask off, and Chick has no magic or supernatural, and there's been no supernatural no, in the no, entire no, season. You guys. And yeah, I no. win, and you lose. No, yeah, that's Chick's very a, true. Chick's a magic demon, man. Oh, Fuck you guys. Are you really going to hold on to this? Just well, resign, well, listen, Nixon. Just resign. Where did the people from the farm go? Huh? Huh? They all disappeared. They ascended. This is they sad right now. Yeah, no, Kevin's this is like sad. high out of his mind. They just left folded piles of clothes and went, Kevin, handle this. And based yeah. on how the rest of the th- other three seasons work, they all went somewhere else and didn't tell Kevin. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It just left him alone. But yeah, so the uh, the last thing that we need to talk about, because we're almost out of time. Is That's insane. There's so much we need to talk about. I know. Cheryl keeps dead Jason Blossom's body yeah. and is just like hanging out with it now. Calls him JJ. Um, I do think her that should have been the final scene because yeah. there's this dramatic moment because uh, Jason Blossom was exhumed Edgar Evernever is real upset when you say you stole his corpse uh, but he stole his corpse and freaked her out but then she she screams and then later cut to she talks to him even though she seems like one of the coolest people now uh, and then there's eight more scenes and you're like yeah that that lost a lot of that punch <laughs> but yeah, the other thing, though, is that I think there's a big difference between the spring break scene, which I think was amazing, uh-huh. and the, uh, what's her name? Cheryl. Cheryl scene, which really came out of nowhere. Like, right. That seemed like, oh, we're ju- we Very just made unearned. a list of like endings that would be crazy, and we uh-huh. picked that one. We did all well, of them. I'm wondering if they're actually even going to bring shit up with that, because if you mm-hmm. remember, like last season, the end of season two was Hiram meeting with all of those people and being like, we're going to have our, we're going to run this town. And they were like c- composing a rogues gallery and fucking nothing happened with <laughs> yeah. that. Instead, it's Penelope's rogues gallery. Yeah, it's like they just abandoned that idea that like Hiram would be in charge of things and just put Penelope in the background of some stuff. Which, as comic book readers and TV watchers, happens a lot. Are we okay with that? Would we rather you just ditch your bad ideas? Yes. Or is it a case by I mean, case yes. basis? And don't then try to explain them later. Don't ring just it Just ditch them yeah, and leave them in the past. Yeah. I will say, like, for as a bad guy, Penelope. Uh, one has been like very arch the whole show, so that worked for yeah. me. But her saying, your parents knew that I was chold- sold as a child blind, and they mocked me. I was like, I, you know what? I'm not saying I fully buy into everything she's done, but, but I understand was right. Killmonger was <laughs> yeah. right, and so was Pel- It Pel- made me feel stupid because we watched that child bride purchase happen. Right. Right. They were like, oh, that's a random flashback for no reason. Right. Let's move on with the rest of our lives. Well, that's, I, I get 
all, I actually buy all of her motivation for everything. The only thing I wish is that they had actually made her, it felt like they made her intentionally an extremely small part of this entire season mm-hmm. just so that it would. You don't think about it. Just that it would delay suspicion. Yeah. And then that made this episode be like, oh, okay, Wait. so I guess Penelope is just in charge of it all. But like that wasn't. It didn't feel as earned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was just like, it was this episode they decided Penelope was going to be important. I wondered about that from having not watched it much recently or like originally the first couple of seasons, if it felt satisfying as like a really like combination of all these different elements that took place so far. Yeah, because she was like, every season it was me. Yeah, like every <laughs> yeah. single thing that's happened on this show, I was pulling the strings. Did that work for you guys? Did it feel real? It w- because of Arrow, I guess I'm used to it. Uh-huh. Because it uh-huh. feels like every season of Arrow is like, yes, I was the true bad guy. Even and behind the other bad, the even other behind bad the- guys <laughs> from each season. Yeah, it, it was like, it was fine. I, I made my piece like months ago that however they wrapped all of these fucking storylines up was going to be disappointing. And it wasn't as disappointing as I expected it to be. Yeah. I, I liked the weird gauntlet where they made Archie fight a bear man. <laughs> so, that's okay. Okay. Oh no, not again. Did you think for a second that a just bear-ass yes! bear was going to come yes! out? Yeah. I and I thought he was going to turn to his friends and be like, I was recently killed by a yeah, bear. Yeah, how did, how did <laughs> fucking Penelope know that happened to him? Yeah, so, like how wide knowledge was that? When you look at like how the hero's journey works, there's this weird middle part that's just like, fight a bear. Adventures <laughs> happen, you uh-huh. know, and it's not supposed to be as obvious as like uh, sort of how Labyrinth, the movie Labyrinth works, and there's a ton of movies Trick like this where or a road trip movie where the whole middle hour is just wacky adventure. Right. Yeah. In a scenario like this, or a road trip movie or a labyrinth, it's it's way more obvious how the story works. Uh. Like I have set up adventures for you. Right. <laughs> what, what of the four? So d- now we know that they're going to do that. That's fine. Which which did work for you and didn't work for you? Archie's word for me and Veronica's word for me. Yes. And Betty's Veronica's word for me. was end of Last Crusade. Yeah. yeah. Russian but roulette, Russian roulette, roulette the chal- poison the chalice, yeah. And then, uh, and Betty's word for me too is, uh, I guess, kill your dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Penelope was like, you've always been a bad serial killer. <laughs> Which, that was a yeah, that is a savage <laughs> read. That but is a The burn. one that did not work was Jughead's because Archie's was like, fight a bear because you almost killed by a bear. It shows that like it's hard to be Arcade, the X-Men bad guy, to come up with all these different like, personalities. <laughs> She's like, I don't know, Jughead... Also fight to the death. Have an yeah. axe fight it with was, Chick. I thought, because she said there can only be like one leader, I thought he was going to have to do like some sort of deduction. And, uh-huh. fi- and like there was going to be like a bunch of like nope. different like clones or but something. Another and he had fight. to figure out he who's is, what. But he does have a very oppositional position to the Gargoyle King. Uh-huh. That's why I thought he kind of was the Gargoyle King for a while. Right. Because he's doing the same thing. He tells the story. And then the way in which he tells the story is an act of creation in that environment. They show many times where his saying something sort of like manifests right. as reality. So I think Chick is a good, at least a good competitor for him. I mean, th- but yeah. it's just the same. It's this, I'm just saying she's a bad, yeah, game, fight, she's a bad game master. Fight one, fight two. <laughs> fight again. There's the, the, <laughs> way, fight. the way that it was edited was like, he'll come up with something and then it happened, right? So that was a misdirect we learned now. And then he's also like, fuck the Gargoyle King. They're making all these teenagers do terrible shit. Uh-huh. And then he goes out and says, we have to stop this. Teenagers, go do yeah. my bidding. You know, he's doing all of the things. I, I do like the, the the chick Jughead fight is he's like, why would you do this? And Chick's just like, who doesn't want blood sacrifices? <laughs> and Jughead's response is, uh, okay. And then they start <laughs> fighting. Oh, dude, uh, the part of what's so good about this show is it plays very funny lines in a way like as if the writers of the show aren't aware that they're very uh-huh. funny lines. And yeah. that makes them even funnier. Almost everything Jughead said in this episode was laugh out loud but funny. But it's so crazy. It's so goofy and off the wall. And it all worked, I thought. I think that's why Cheryl, though, is the standout. Is mm-hmm. because we were talking about Molly Ringwald. Uh, Cheryl 
No, it feels like the actress that plays her. I can't remember her first and last Mad- name. Cheryl Mad- Blossom. Madeline, Just the middle name. I Madeline Grabalar. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Grabalar. Grabalar. Ms. Grabalar. Uh, perfectly plays it as I know this is hilarious I'm yeah. gonna play it straight yeah cause her her finding Jason's corpse is like show thyself right now before I must dawn turn the lights on <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that is all the time we have to talk no! about this entire season of Riverdale you guys excited for next season around the horn Mike I mean I will be in the beginning I'll fall off and then I will be at the end yep. as is my way Greg, I'm excited to see if my prediction about this show, which yes. I say to everybody, I, w- I want it to all be. the time, comes true. If it, but I'm not not enough to watch it. You're but just I'm gonna, gonna wait for us to tell. I'm you gonna that like after, lurk, right? but I'm I'm so it would be such a good call if it happens. I'm very excited. Ryan, almost dropped off. Yep, we both almost did. Uh, but it's it feels like a superhero staple. And so yeah, I'm I'm with Mike. I'm not. I'm pumped to see what happens, but I know there will be a valley that may be bigger than even. Like even bigger than some of the shows that have valleys. Yeah, it's. I'm worried about the valley of next season, but if they can push it all the way, if they get cut to 13 episodes, that would be, be that'd be beautiful. Oh, I would love it. And then one, we need to learn how to like movie edit, and then just Topher Grace make the Riverdale trilogy movies based how on how long is his to do list at this point. Like, I feel like we've been telling him. He's got a lot of yeah. a lot of editing jobs. Well, maybe just he should from just us. fucking leave it on the table. Like get on it. <laughs> All right, well, Riverdale will come back next season on The CW. Now we're moving on to watch and talk about all the shows we watch. Yeah, we got, let's watch them first. Yeah, let's watch them first real quick, and then we'll record a podcast. Now we're here in the pool list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Kicking it off is Supergirl. This week on Supergirl, Lena buys her mother's prison, so her mom has to help extract Haron L. from James. Meanwhile, Brainy, Jean, and Nia are tasked with finding aliens for the DEO desert facility, and Red Daughter beats the ever-living snot out of Kara. Taste buds, I ask you this. How would you defeat an evil Russian version of yourself? Uh, well, that guy would have defeated himself. Let's be real. 69 uh, I would distract Love. him with just a box of porn. So close. Yeah. <laughs> also 69 And then jump out of the shadow and 69 hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's do this. Simple garrote. S- do you guys like to move into a uh, 69 in one move? Just like a jump, spin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you have to coordinate. Because uh-huh. uh, otherwise you're both jumping and the knees are knocking. <laughs> and and not, not in a mi- hot way. Missionary sex in the air. <laughs> Again? Uh. Supergirls on CW on Sunday nights. Your next show this week is Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> this week on Cloak and Dagger, Tandy this is only paragraph yeah, two. But <laughs> you, you ran out of breath before the second. I one. ran upstairs, and <laughs> started reading. Tandy wakes up in a sex trafficking motel where the girls are drugged and beaten down until they have no hope and thus have no reason to leave. She fights through that and inspires hope in a roommate who fights back just as Tandy loses hers. Meanwhile, Ty is on the hunt for his friend, has a run-in with Andre, who lifts some voodoo knowledge from Ty's subconscious. This sends Andre to Chantel's, and she sees through his bullshit and helps Mayhem fuck shit up in that record store of the mind. Taste buds ask you this. Is Connor's redemption arc a narrative driving force or perfect C-plot mishmash territory? That's a really good question. Thank you. And while watching it, <laughs> I bought it. Yes. And I did not think about what could happen before I watched it or what did happen after I watched it. But while I watched it, I did buy everything. And I think having that year gap between... They, they took a gap year between the first and second season. And so... Of course, Ty's parents are a little different, and Connor's is different. They've all been through a year, and it was a hard year. So now, if any other shows tried to do this without putting that extra bonus year in between, I'd be like, that's not how you were a month ago. And I like how before <laughs> anything bad happens to your kids, you you know for a fact that you're Charles Bronson death wish if something does happen. Mm-hmm. But then Tyrone's mom 
we just get to see who she is in that moment. Like her character doesn't change just because she has the person who murdered her son tied right. up to a chair. But she is like, I think she's trying to talk herself and him into that. She is that. And right. Ty's dad, who I think also thought he was that is even less. Cause he shows up. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Dude, this is why we got a divorce. I'm out. But I mean, like you can't just, if this is the show that cloak and dagger is, mm-hmm. and it's not great. It's often boring. But it is not like uh, it's not primed for big, huge reveals or right. violence. If she slit his throat, that is what every mom thinks they would do. But right. That's probably not what they would do. And also, I think take some of the power out of it. Connor's for it. What a piece of shit represent every cop we've hated for the last fifteen years to have this arc, and it feels more earned than other shows. Like he went through some shit, and now he is breaking down, crying every time he has to talk about what he did before. It's working, for and him. not in a way like I'm tied up. I have to say what no. I think will get you off. Moments of the <laughs> moments of the week, Mike. <laughs> all right, uh, hell. Okay. about that moment. We did not talk about it all because we decided to talk about the C plot the whole time. Uh, based on some idiot's question, the last fight where so Tyrone the whole time is trying to hunt down Tandy and finds the motel, but she doesn't need him because she breaks out on her own right away, and so now they are independently fighting their way through motel walls, and she is punishing her way. She's not just walking from one door to the other. She is light blading through a wall. Yeah. And you, uh, not uh, Yoo-Hoo Manning. What is this? Kool-Aid Manning. Kool-Aid Manning. <laughs> yeah, Yoo-Hoo Manning is totally different. <laughs> uh, she throws a little light blade. It makes a tiny hole. And she's like, oh, fuck. And then just <laughs> runs through, through the, the wall. wall. Uh, but that whole last fight of the two of them using their powers like some motherfuckers, uh, which we have not seen a lot yeah. of, was awesome. I've got two. Uh, so... Going off mics, it's uh, Tyrone. When he gets there, he drives a truck to the hotel <laughs> and then through the hotel. Yeah. But before it crashes, he uh, cloaks out of it and then lands in this perfect action pose cloak <laughs> style. And even he's like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then going back to the C-plot, um, Tyrone's mom is fucked up and can't believe that Connors is, he- is here and can't break character or can't break who she is as a person. But then puts down two plates. Like, I actually am going to feed you right. the dinner I'm making she because you're a human and I'm a human. And I, uh, that's such a good way of doing it without saying, like, well, I've changed and here's my mm. arc and how, here's how my character works. Cloak <laughs> and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger <laughs> is on Hulu and Freeform. Your next show this week is iZombie. This week on iZombie. Liv is on fitness guru brains and Clive continues investigating a murder with no body and no evidence. What? Meanwhile, Peyton approaches Councilman Zed, guest star Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yeah. with a request <laughs> but doesn't get the answer she was hoping for. <laughs> Lastly, Liv surprises Major with a thoughtful gesture just when he needs it the most. Taste buds ask you this. What star from your childhood do you want to guest star on one of our shows? Instead of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? If it can't be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't know, probably like, what, like Timothy Chalamet? You're so young. <laughs> he, he's, he's that big adult you look up to. Yeah. And also, just so he's all the listeners boy. know, every break, Taylor's like, you guys think of me as like Timothy Chalamet, right? Like, that's how you look at me? <laughs> yeah. Right? Just in like complexion. For me, it's Tom Holland. <laughs> I'm, I'm already, I'm on record. Yeah. Or BTS. That. that was one of my favorite bands growing up. BTS? Yeah. What did, I don't even know what that means. I think that they would be great in any show that I watch. Because of my youth is what I'm... Because you're, yeah, you're, you're young, young, so you I know I think that's such band. a young reference. Yeah. I don't like know BTS. what that means. It's too young. It's Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, that's how yeah, I was like, the whole like, show. They're a great yeah. band. Guesting on a our fine show. serial. Uh, iZombie is on the CW on Wednesday nights. Your next show this week is Lucifer. This week on Lucifer, Chloe and Lucy investigate a murder on a Survivor-type show. Knowing Lucy is the devil makes Chloe a worse cop who jumps at conclusions without looking at any evidence, but she slowly realizes there's more to him than church hearsay. Taste buds ask you this. How hard did Chloe's monologue about watching Lucifer get hurt hit you? I mean, it was 
big. It was some really great writing. But Chloe is, in all these shows, mm-hmm. one of the least equipped to deliver that monologue. Sure. But what that monologue taught me is that I think we've watched her learn how to act. Because I tried to think of season one Chloe doing that, and I was like, oh, what a funny monologue they gave her. <laughs> and I do think we've watched her learn how to act. She's almost at Trixie's level. She's almost <laughs> staring at Trixie's level. She uh, started hiding cake. Because she thought that was the secret to acting. Right. Well, if Trixie does it. I Trixie. should probably do it. Uh, it hit me way harder than I thought one Lucifer could and two this actress could. And it's, I think it's interesting. Chloe decides that, you know what? I know Lucifer well enough, and he's not a bad guy, and I'm not going to sabotage him. Which, in the second episode of the season, I was surprised by. Right. I don't think that the arc is over. No. Uh, I think that it will keep going. But she was like, no, I know him, and therefore. And she's right. She does know him as much as we know him, right? We watched when we met him when she met him. Mm-hmm. But it'd be like, nobody could lie that good. Nobody except the devil. The devil. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. what he I do, is. I do like the priest. And he, the, she's like, well, he can't lie. And the priest is like, who told you that? She's like, Lucifer did. He's like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if, if uh, Saints of Killers then becomes the bad guy. Uh-huh. And now Chloe's on Lucifer's side. I guess that's fine. But I, I think I'd rather watch Chloe bounce back and forth, even though right. I don't know if she's capable of it. And I do, like, in this one episode, it starts with her researching the devil, like, it flashbacks to her Euro trip, and she's just thinking about all the bad things Lucy did. And then so for it to end in her monologue, and it didn't cut back, but it was saying all the good things he did, it's like, holy shit, that's who we all fucking are. Yeah. And she Lucifer! Goes, she goes on a little monologue, and he bites his tongue, and he's like, mm, somebody read Dante, didn't they? Like, he knows what Lucifer's all about. Uh, moments of the week, Mike? Uh, Lucy's, uh, as is his way, is deciding they should just go on a date because she's sort of okay with him again. And Ella, he's like, maybe I should like take her out to her favorite restaurant. And Ella gets filthy in her descriptions of what those dates should be. And that was my moment of the week because I an Ella man. Did you guys get the uh, pictures that popped up on the internet? Mm-mm. They go to some sort of nudist colony mm-hmm. and it's uh, Lucifer and Ella undercover. Or uh, above without cover. cover. And there's so much Lucy and Ella butt coming up, guys. Oh, shit. Is that your moment of the week? Finding yeah. those pictures? No, coming up? But it butts. is actually not from the show. My moment of the week is you go to Lucifer on Netflix, and uh, Netflix has these freeze frames. And the one that they have for when you go on Lucifer is him flying at the camera with red eyes screaming. <laughs> and Lucifer spent the entire first season saying, like, no, Million Moms March, relax. This is like a nuanced show. But that's the picture they have. It's just like Satan coming right at you. <laughs> and it looks awesome. We didn't talk Amenadiel's C plot. Sorry, uh, Dan doesn't want to hang out with him, so Amenadiel kicks a soccer ball that flies out of him in the park right into the sky, uh-huh. <laughs> like Ted Danson does with puppies. Uh, Lucifer is on Netflix all the time. We're watching it week by week. Your next show this week is Happy. This week on Happy, Smoothie and Haley take a trip into the past. Sex hits rock bottom, and Happy buys a cake. Taste buds. I ask you this: What form would your imaginary friend take? Cake. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Made of cake. I say a curvy lady. A curvy lady? A curvy lady, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say <laughs> wait, wait, that, that's... <laughs> no, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to change mine to Greg's uh, imaginary friend. I, I would <laughs> like it to be Timothy Chalamet as a curvy lady. <laughs> uh, for me, I would say it's somebody who is always, at all moments, 25 pounds fatter than I am. <laughs> so, like, if I get sad about my weight, no matter how big I am, that guy looks, like, ridiculous. He's the most fat as that guy. Do you guys ever realize you're Ryan's imaginary friend? Because <laughs> I just did. Happy is on Sci-Fi on Friday nights. Your next show this week is Sabrina. <laughs> this week on Sabrina and the Chilling Adventures of, angels are hunting down Greendale's witch population, the weird sisters are torturing Ambrose for crimes of treason and murder, and Sabrina and Nick handle being expelled by pretending they never left the mortal life and or getting shit-faced at Dorian Gray's, respectively. Taylor Budd, I ask you this. 
Is Sabrina kind of a selfish and shitty friend? Uh, yes. A. What the shit? A. This entire episode was just Sabrina going back, back and forth to people and being like, "Hey, you guys are my friends, right?" And they're like, "No, you only <laughs> hang out with us when you need stuff." And like all of her friends call her a piece of shit, and she just like has to wander around town being sad. But the biggest moment, which we do not have enough time to discuss, is she goes, there, A, there's a, a couple of angels. One of them is named Giraffe-Meow, and they're hunting witches. Uh, they Giraffe-Meow? Giraffe. Like giraffe, like the animal in the zoo, and Pretty meow, much. like the sound a cat makes. Pretty much. And then they, they gather all of the young witches, and they take them to the church, and they consecrate it, and they're like, we're going to kill these people. And so Sabrina shows up, and they're like, well, we're going to kill you now. She gets fucking red wedding and gets like three crossbow bolts right into her like fucking body and she like dies. But then she hovers in the air and goes fully wide eyed and speaks with a big booming deep voice and says, I am the sword of the dark Lord and lights angels on fire. Oh shit. And what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and it does not explain that. And I don't know what's happening. <laughs> she sounds like she's just like uh, on stage at like a Marilyn Manson concert. Like, isn't that the effects that they have? Pretty much. But it's like, it's creepy as shit. And that's my moment of the week. Sabrina is on Netflix all the time. We're watching it week by week. Your next show this week is Arrow. On the seventh season finale of Granddaddy Arrow, Ollie and gang are fighting Amiko's plan to unleash killer gas on Star City while also being framed for said terrorism. Meanwhile, in the future, these fucking goons blow up a wall and glitch some robots. Mean, meanwhile, Ollie's deal with the monitor comes to call and he gets blipped out of reality? Taste buds, I ask you this. The final season of Arrow is a mix of Crisis of Infinite Earths and the future timeline. How let down will you be? More than I am right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I know that's what it's going to be, but probably not as let down as I am after this season. I And these last two episodes particularly. I've been fighting for Arrow for so long, <laughs> for so much of my life, and, and like losing friends over it proudly. <laughs> and now my wife watched part of it, and I was like, this is a, this is a bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I mean, come on. You can't watch 200 episodes and then not the final 10. No, like, you're not I'm going to watch. No, I could not. There's Contractually, a, I have to watch them. There's a clear answer to me, and it feels weird to say because of, like, talking about TV, I feel like is different just in the last week. With the last season of Game of Thrones uh-huh. and the petition to redo Those the season. fucking nerds. Because people didn't like it. I feel like there's a clear answer, which is solve the Amico storyline uh-huh. last episode. In the second to last episode. Right. And then this episode is all about how... Uh, Arrow and Felicity move on and mm-hmm. have a baby and they're in the safe house and they didn't do it but I don't want to sound like any of those right. fucking assholes it, it was two thirds of this episode was them dealing with Amiko and then a third of it was next season on Arrow or burning through finally to talk about why Ollie isn't in any of the future scenes but just like what we were talking about before about like oh we fucked up let's just not mention it mm-hmm. like instead we had to sit through them saying we fucked up with Amiko and now here you go. We'll solve it real quick, and right. then we're just gonna—we're only gonna care about next season. And uh, this episode did have what my favorite Miko moment was: uh, her and Ollie are trying to kill each other, or he's like cycle of violence because that's all he can say now. Because I want to end the cycle of violence, and then the ninth circle, which like, is an awesome name for a motorcycle. Her number two and number three walk in, and they're like, "Fuck you and your family bullshit. We want to be terrorists and have fun again." And she's so arrogant that her number three throws a knife at her, and she just looks at it and gets stabbed right in the stomach. We've seen her dodge. Everything from people, but she's like, "What is? Oh no! Is this the season finale? Oh shit! <laughs> I guess I'm dying." Uh, do you guys have moments of the week, Mike? Uh, so the the gas goes out in drones. There's all these drones they can't fight, even though a fucking eight year old with a BB gun could take them out. <laughs> and like the only way to stop him is freezing him. And Ollie just nods, 
and then grabs his ice arrows and ice arrows all the drones. And I was like, yes, Green Arrow comic Silver Age style. Uh, but no oh. boxing glove. No boxing glove. You got that once, never again. Uh, mine was, uh, they were looking around the like headquarters, knowing that that's probably the last time they're all going to be together. And Diggle, somehow knowing all this, these future scenes that we've watched, is like, there will be a new cycle of heroes. Like This will keep going. Mm-hmm. But I like... When he said that, I didn't think about the future scenes. I thought about the rest of the CW. Uh-huh. Like, Arrow, you can go now. Yeah. There are so a million other CW hero shows that will you be fine. You can die now, Tony <laughs> Stark. Your job is done. We'll be fine without you. His monologue, it was so sincere. And I thought about like every like funeral I've had to talk, every wedding. I'm like, I've never been as sincere as John Diggle in this moment. Like Felicity and Ollie should have been like, we're just turning lights off in a base, you fucking wuss. <laughs> Arrow is on Sundays on the CW. Your next show this week is The Tick. This week on The Tick, which is very sadly ending, Kevin, The Tick, and Arthur are on a stakeout at the Lalo Motel to steal Lobsterky Lee's kids back from the Donnellys. Meanwhile, Dot and Overkill fall into the Duke's trap, and Dot barely escapes with the help of her future seeing powers. Taste buds ask you this Which storyline has you the most excited when it cuts to, and why? Probably any scene that has Tick in it is going to win. Tick on Arthur, definitely. The uh, Something I didn't understand from the Dot storyline was there's like that explosion and she runs away. And then when it happens again, she, she still waits. She still she almost yeah, gets yeah. blown up by it. You have to be a little more careful than that. Yeah. I think. Run faster. Yeah. <laughs> her, her power is basically to have a five second jump when she gets in danger. Yeah. Five seconds is not enough to she, fuck with. She should react quicker because <laughs> when she gets the new five seconds, she's like, so what to do? My, and then just uses hand. the very last part of it. Yeah. I think that I'm still all about the Superion and uh-huh. how that's sort of a different Superman. He, I don't think he appeared in this episode. But no, but yeah. he's going to be in the next one. Yeah, but I think they, they referenced and, him. Yeah, how Lint and Superion are reacting to each other uh, back and forth over Tick and Arthur, I think is sort of the best part. And neither one of them can believe that the other one would exist. Mm-hmm. You know, I like them as foils for each other. I also can't wait to find out Walter's feet-based plan. <laughs> I need to know what's up with Walter and his feet. Walter is in a Home Depot on the phone with their mom and yeah. talking about different kinds of gray they could <laughs> paint and then gets a call and goes, gets creepy, but fuck, breaks a burner phone, walks <laughs> out into the night. The call he gets is like Lamp Gorilla Captain. Like, yeah. is he Manchurian Candidate? Like, does he know that he is the big boss? Yes. Because in the last episode, we saw Walter's face with a different name in, what do they call Argus in this world? Aegis. 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 Yeah, and it was like he was retired with like extreme distinction or whatever. Yeah, he's a sleeper agent. Yeah. So, probably like, retired. But not like a Manchurian agent. Yeah. He, like, he, he's in charge of a whole bunch of stuff. He's like on the level of Tyrannosaurus Rathbone, <laughs> which is still a great There's a sentence. fucking name. I can't believe this show got canceled it's such a it's, bummer it's I, the best version of the tick even better yeah. than the original cartoon i think version. watching this season i get how it could because i feel like the season isn't quite the level that the first season was uh-huh. or maybe like the newness has rubbed off but i also think it's just amazon is not the cw like they're not gonna fuck around if it's yeah. not getting like gangbusters but yeah well i guess miss mazel what, what are their successful shows yeah i mean they've got Miss Maisel and it's transparent. End of there. list. Yeah. Transparent. Yeah, but it's so weird. The, it feels like Patriot. they have six shows, so don't cut anything yet. And they've got that one where Jim from The Office like shoots people in other countries. Yeah, yeah. John Krasinski. That's I think the name of the show. Yeah, John Krasinski, action Agent. man. Yeah. The only thing I can think is that they just way up the budget because it was based on a comic book, uh-huh. and so there's a lot of shows that get way less views, but that like they can support the budget that they, they give it. it. Yeah. 
and there's no way that like I mean I know that the effects aren't great you know mm-hmm. but and there's no big stars but like it's still more expensive than the viewers are allowing they have to seriously make more of it just be the Aegis like break room yeah and that would have been fine like I think we'd be okay with yeah. that without Superior flying through the sky superhero yeah. office even style. if he just yeah even if he just walks on screen and they're like oh I Superian, just flew. you just flew <laughs> in and he's like yep I do that all the time because I'm Superior but I sort of saw it coming because before the season started uh, Griffin Arthur Arthur was uh, tweeting constantly about you guys have to watch right out the gate yeah. mm-hmm. like, you yeah. can't watch in two years and it was the same thing that the uh, one day at a time people were doing before that reasons like right. yeah. they are somehow told like you guys are on the bubble and we need it to explode yeah. out of the gate and if it doesn't then they're like yeah we don't want to do it anymore yeah it's a bummer because this is like you said it's one of my favorite shows that we do it's one of the few shows that like i would watch if i weren't on this show right and those are like such a rare gift you know that the fact that we're losing it's just heartbreaking it's but also this is this show was a hard sell like even when i recommend good shows that we watch to other people like, this was one that, like, I know one other person who has watched this show. Because other oh, people yeah. are like, but how is it, like, Breaking Bad? Well, no, uh, other people are just like, so it's, like, making fun of superheroes. I was like, yes, and it's it's 20 minutes, 20-minute 20 episodes. That's and like, the sell, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's well, the that's sell. the sell for us, where TV right. is our job. But then, <laughs> but then, like, people just, they were like, ah, I'm not familiar with the source material. And, you like, don't, see, that's annoying. You don't need to be familiar right. with the source material. Do you guys think you need to be familiar enough with comic books? And or do you think we're saturated enough... With I the think at this and point, TV, yeah, I think at this point we know what the what no the jokes mean. are too niche. Yeah. Honestly, I think you have to be familiar with comedy to know like when they're right. doing something purposefully ridiculous. You know, yeah. like if a lobster Achilles <laughs> is singing to her baby lobsters, the Magic Lobster Band, they're probably in on the joke with you guys. Right. Yeah. Like they know what they're doing. Yeah. In the same way that Riverdale doesn't play all their lines for laughs, but they are intentionally funny. That's probably a lot of what's going on with the tick and people. Don't always get that. People don't. But I guess the good news <laughs> is that uh, we'll get a fourth tick very soon. Like every yeah. like six years, we just you get a new one. You can't kill it. And the turnaround time is getting shorter and shorter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Moments of the week. Mike? Uh, it is. So Kevin is the snack man. For some reason, they brought him yes. on their stakeout, and he's the snack man. But then they deploy the Kevin. They say the phrase, deploy Kevin. But he, when he finds out the room, he goes, oh, it's room 160. Repeat. One-er. Six-er. <laughs> zero-er. <laughs> that got me. Uh, Greg? Uh, there's like an awful lot of discussion about whether or not swans can be in the woods. Like whether saying is a swan in the woods like means that's like something that's likely to happen or not likely to happen. And but after all of it's over for like a little bit, Overkill just looks and goes, "Swans can totally be in the woods." <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! The Overkill dance party was yeah, amazing. Yeah. Well, listen, that's have you guys been to www.overkill.dance party? It's an amazing website. Uh, Ryan, your moment. It's supposed to be we? the dance party, but mine Jeez. is. Yeah, it's, it's the dance party. What are you fucking guys doing? It's, it's actually exciting. what Greg said. Because Dot lives in a TV show, she saw the future, which we thought was the present, and then they cheated, which is fine. But then, yeah, Dot waits two more seconds <laughs> that she needs to because she just sort of like uh, relies on the explosion to bust her out a little bit, yeah. land on her feet, <laughs> she and needed run away. the boost. Yeah, the moment of the week is obviously when Dot and Overkill floss dance together because that's what they do before they go on a dangerous mission. Yeah, one build build the fucking scene, Taylor. Let them know. Okay, so the, DB says we should do the thing, and Overkill's like, "We're not going to do the thing because there's a girl around. He doesn't yeah. want to be embarrassed." And he's like, "No, let's do the thing." And she's like, "What's the thing?" And he's like, "Whenever we go on a mission where there's a high chance of, of lethality or something like that, he's like, we do a thing. 
Because what we fight is like the dark. He does this yeah. long, yeah, speech long about, heroic like, Aragon like, we, speech. We fight the darkness. We fight the things that go bump in the night. <laughs> it's like we we celebrate the light and happiness, and this is what we fight for. And DB puts on like a little gl- glowing disco ball and <laughs> '90s party monster era techno. We also see it from <laughs> DB's perspective. So like he's oh, dancing yeah. too by just swinging the camera. And he around. dances like a like Overkill dances like a techno goth. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he watches Dot and learns had a floss which yeah. is adorable is that the best you guys have ever seen somebody over the age of 25 floss i i yes. have to say the scene when there was dancing i was like oh god there's gonna be flossing <laughs> and then there was i think i'm a curmudgeon about this why does there always have to be floss? that's an old man sentence it's like yeah. it's like the the only dancing joke that exists right now right is people flossing i mean so it's like the for equivalent 30 years of doing it was the, the robot yeah like everybody would just like land in the robot because you forgot how to dance. I just I think there's just oversaturation in the flossing market right now. <laughs> yeah, I am sell on the flossing. Bring back dabbing. All right, the is that dancing? Yeah, it's, it's a just, type of dance. Yeah, that's like new poke, new voguing. Uh, the tick is on Amazon Prime, but it won't be anymore in the future. So they'll delete all the episodes. <laughs> they're, they're just gonna delete from your bus. brain. Your next show this week is The Flash. In the fifth season finale of The Flash. Barry once again has to fight the reverse Flash. Taste buds, I ask <laughs> you this. What DC hero should replace the Flash's time slot instead of us having to watch again a litany of speedsters fight each other? I mean, is Matter Eater Lad too obvious? Like, that's I our go to. I love Matter Eating Lad. He's just in a diner. It's just <laughs> eating matter. Matter Eating Ladders, Diners, and Dashes. Uh, that's so complicated to say. And The Flash is on the CW on Tuesday nights. Your next show this week is Legends of Tomorrow. This week on Legends of Tomorrow, Sarah Neva concoct a bold plan to take back the Time Bureau. From Gary and Zari and Charlie must work together to discover what Neron is planning. Meanwhile, Constantine is given a tough choice on who to save from hell. Taste Greg, I ask you this. <laughs> is there anything more villainous than forcing yourself upon somebody else's book club? <laughs> I couldn't imagine. And then the book he wants to read is The Collector, which is a super creepy book about some guy who drives around in vans and like kidnaps women. Oh, that's so not great. So he forces himself on their book club and then also says, and here's what we're reading. And what here's a what piece of shit. Because, yeah, he's doing the whole power trip thing. Well, then really in the at the end of the episode, it's revealed that he is just try, he's like trying to just play Tabitha. So he has to like play up his being like a weird psycho. So he's good again? Uh, ish, I guess. As good as a Gary could be. Yeah, but then the other thing that happens is Constantine goes to hell, and he talks to, like, the three-part Satan, like, from S- the Sandman Oh, universe. really? Yeah, uh, but all, they're all humans, but they have the three names, Beelzebub. There's no, there's no bug person? There's no, that guy, Beelzebub, is just, like, his, he wears a suit that kind of looks like it's got eyes on it, but, you know, TV budget, they don't want to, yeah. like, have to do the big bug person. But he goes and talks to that, like, three-part Satan figure. Um, and then he has to, like, he's trying to save Ray, but he ends up, they, like, bring out this little girl yeah. that he accidentally got sentenced to hell. And he's You like, should have seen that canceled episode of, or season of Constantine <laughs> to get why that girl's important. Uh, so he, he, her name's, like, Aster or something. Mm-hmm. And so he says, I'm gonna, no, I have to take her. She's grown up. She, like, grew up in hell. <laughs> uh, and he doesn't take Ray. And then she's like, you know what? You abandoned me in hell. I don't even want to go with you. And he's like, no, I got tricked by Lucifer. But, like, did you, like, was that crazy? Because... Like the offer was, do you want to uh, save this guy from the third season of the show that you're currently on, or this person from the first season of the NBC of a show? Different that was channel. It's, that is bananas. It's like in D and D when you want to do the main quest, or do you want to do your own personal character's quest? Moment of the week. Uh, my moment of the week is uh, 
there's hell is crazy. Someone said I think last week that it's just like Gotham, but uh, hell is basically like '90s era Gotham. It's just like kind of dirty, kind of wet, kind of dark, but it's killer like a, moths everywhere. It's like a it's like a little city, uh, and there are strip clubs. And you know what? It's a, it looks like a solid fucking strip club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, shouldn't a strip club in hell be just like your grandparents? Like it, it should be, but since it's on a show on the CW, instead it's really fit people. It's just a Miami level strip club. Dancing, yeah. When Taylor gets married, if the option is to have his bachelor party in hell do we do it yes for to go to this strip club i think so it's, it's, it looks like a fun place i've i've been trying to go to hell for years <laughs> uh legends of tomorrow is on the cw on monday nights your next show this week is agents of shield shield is back baby and quake simmons and the two randos who've been here for a while i guess have been chasing fits clues in space for a year meanwhile mac is running shield on earth and sends teams to take out down multiverse traveling folk which happens to include a familiar face taste buds i ask you this with colson how do we with colson dying how do we feel about getting to watch clark greg spread his evil sarge acting muscles I mean, he was fine in this season but next season is it going to be sherlock french colson like uh, are they going to do this thing he's trying to be the harrison wells and he didn't. We Sarge didn't have a lot to do. We just heard whispers of Sarge, but it looked like Clark Gregg beefed up. Mm-hmm. It did look like they sent him to the uh, Andy Dwyer School of Muscles. Two places: one, the gym; the second, um, how you sort of like pencil hair more hair in. Where yeah. there wasn't hair. Before. Sarge is a badass. He's less balding. <laughs> <laughs> Was that Coulson's idea, or did the producers have to sit him down and the be like, like, "Look, look. Coulson." Uh, he's the, did you see he directed this episode? How I do you did feel? Not. How do you feel Clark Gregg did as a director? I mean, like most TV directors, yeah, made an episode that was like every other episode right. of this series. Are you stoked? Shield is back. I am stoked. Yes, D- like we're about to hit episode one thirty five soon. Uh huh. That's insane, right? Right. This has been on the bubble since day one, and this is one of the re- this and Arrow or why we exist uh-huh. and Gotham and The Walking Dead. So it's nice to have one still going. There's, I, I think that. The problem with this episode, as if The Walking Dead was canceled. <laughs> In my head, it is. <laughs> uh, is that like we can't gel with our core yet? Mm-hmm. Like that was sort of what Shield was all about. Is like we get to watch people that we like hang out, and right. then this bullshit sci-fi. There's new core. The core is separated, so we're missing that, and I think that's a big deal. Right, and yeah, I hopefully there'll maybe be two cores for a while, and they all. I do like that Piper and Davis, which are the two agents of Shield who are hanging out with Quake and Simmons. Okay, good because. I watched this episode and have no idea what you're talking about. They've been in the background for years. Oh, Short Hair Piper. Short Hair Piper, Scar Davis, and are finally like, it felt like the writers were like, let's write their lines harder than everybody else's (laughs) lines to be like, they're part of the team. They've always been part of the team. Connections have been here. What it was missing in chemistry, I think it still had in one conversation where they were talking about whether to attack now or rest. Uh huh. Which is also a Game of Thrones thing that happened a couple weeks ago. And that's the kind of conversation that I need instead of just constant hard sci-fi where this many blanketies away from the blankety and we have to fix our mm-hmm. blankety. Like these conversations are still happening. That's what I need. And internal conflict for for Davis, who I don't give a shit about because he's not in the credits, to tell Gemma Simmons, who I love and hold dearly, uh, and who was the star of the best episode of Shield, to say, No, you are wrong. And normally in sci-fi things, they don't really write people's reasonings right. They just decide like it's minute fifteen, you have to argue. <laughs> and for him to be like, I got kids at home and this is not a lead. Can we fucking go home first and then go back out? All that conflict worked way more than that normal bullshit does. Do you have moment of the week? Two, my friend. All right, fine. Uh, they find Only Fitz's. Only because you're dying. Thank you. Uh, yes, terminal cancer. I am dying. Uh, Simmons, they, they find the cryopod that Fitz is supposed to be in, and he's not in there. 
And Gemma breaks down and crawls into it and closes it, and it oh, hit. No. That's why it's a cryopod. Hard. Wow. It hit hard. Get out. Uh, and then a badass one is Daisy has a bunch of guns pulled on her, and she's now quake enough to quake all the guns in pieces, and then Black Widow's around a guy's head with her legs and snaps his neck, and it was fucking dope. Shield. Ryan? I had three, but that was one of mine, so I'll <laughs> go to the other two. Uh, one was um, one of the terrorist mutants uh, goes out to like the bomb squad, and before the bomb goes off, whispers, you're going to be a butterfly, which is a fucking crazy <laughs> thing to hear right before First, a bomb goes off. <laughs> for sure. But for, she's a fake. She's like, take off my cool leather jacket, pretend I have a kid. Then they won't think I'm a terrorist. So it's not like a terrorist running forward screaming, you're going to be <laughs> a butterfly. <laughs> At the top of their lungs. And then the other one was, uh, hey, somebody says to, uh, I think, Mac, uh, you're, stop having a tantrum. Like, stop re- reacting to all these emotions. You're a grown man. And I just started thinking, like, that's not... Being a grown man at this point is like laying yeah. down, <laughs> having a tantrum, and then blaming other people or minorities. Like he's exactly like, acting like the grown men we know. It's like the number one tantrum yeah, group at this point. <laughs> uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on ABC. That's crazy, right? Uh, your the final ABC sh- still exists? Yeah, right? Your final show this week is Doom Patrol. This week on the Doomed Patrol, we get the backstory of Flex Mentallo, the keeper of magic muscles, who got kidnapped by the Bureau of Normalcy in the 50s and now can't remember who he is. Cliff and Jane try numerous ways to jumpstart his memory, from shaving him to putting him in underwear and to breaking his TV. Meanwhile, Rita tells a horrifying story about what kept her in the pictures for so long. Taste buds, I ask you this. Knowing the horrors of Rita's life. Does her self-flagellation let her off the hook for her past actions? Or is the show blowing her Time's Up movement too fast? I would say, yeah, it lets her off the hook because I felt it all. You know, like, the reason that you don't feel it, that you don't let, like, Louis C.K. off the hook is because he's just saying it and not meaning it and then goes and, like... His apology was, sorry, it was so cool that this happened. And then goes (laughs) against it the next day. But, like, Rita Farr went through some shit in that apology. That five-minute monologue where the camera just slowly zoomed in on her face. Fuck you, Doom Patrol. I'm here for laughs. And (laughs) I buy it because, like, I'm fine with it specifically because that is the thing that, like, every time she has had to confront something, like, those things have fucking haunted her. Mm -hmm. Like, she, like, wakes up at night with, like, dreams in her head of like the things that she's done and i'm like yeah she's very she's very apologetic and Mm. she's still like even when she was saying these things to this guy it wasn't like please forgive me it was i am irredeemable she fell to pieces she was a puddle but then uh that guy (laughs) ed asner turns out to be mr nobody who then does his fun break the fourth wall thing and while and hardcore, like be decked in Doom Patrol <laughs> Gear. merch. Oh man, next to a giant Doom Patrol poster. <laughs> which, like, I want to see the script, and this all worked. I thought it was awesome, but I want to see the script, which was like, uh, wait for the DC art team to make the poster because we need that right yeah. now. Like, that's yes. it all has to be right. Like, that had to have been like a thing that they shot after they shot a lot of the rest of the show, uh-huh. because they were like, all right. Like, here's the preliminary stuff. We have another scene to shoot later. <laughs> How many Mr. Nobodies in DC gear are we going to see at Halloween next year? Just covered every kid? In oh. director pants? All uh, of them. And then also, if you were an actor the age of Ed Asner, would you take jobs like thinking about, if I take this Doom Patrol job, that could be my last role. Like, that's the <laughs> last time they're going to see me. Should I not take it? He was uh, also in You're Dead to Me, uh, that show that's on Netflix now. And... Uh, 
his character is so old that it just dies. That's like his main move now when he he's in that. something. It's just he like, dies. and then we'll bring in Ed Asner, and you know his character will die because Ed Asner's so old; he's gonna die at any moment. Greg, can we check in with the uh, Greg Grant Morrison arc? Have you reached Flex Mentalo? Uh, yeah, Flex Mentalo uh, with Muscle Mastery or Muscle Mystery. Are they doing him right? They're doing a pretty good job. It's like just kind of uh, like whatever he wants to have happen happens when he flexes. Uh, and then he does something which is like his ultra, which is he does like a really intense flex. <laughs> and then it says above his head in like lights, hero of the beach. So I'm looking forward to. Oh, man. <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> Every bit of Flex Mentalo, I was like, this is perfect. He's got like weird cheetah pants uh-huh. Uh-huh, and he like refuses to put on clothes. And he just flexes, and like when he makes the flower, and he flexes his butt out. Uh-huh. I was like, "This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen," and I love it. It's it's kind of weird that they went with like the being on a cereal box angle because he's very clearly kind of like from the old days in comics when they have like this little like mail-in thing uh-huh. where you could order a bunch of doodads. Yeah, but they like if we say he's in comic books, kids won't know what that, what that means. means. Yeah, yeah. We have to put him on a cereal. so we put him on a cereal box. But he's very much that guy who get like Atlas, like you're like yes. a lifting guide at home, and it was a little comic of a guy getting dirt kicked in his face at the beach and then he goes and he gets really buff and then he goes and like takes his girl back from the other guy it's very clearly that character but for whatever (laughs) reason they're doing it as cereal box dude that was our parents version our version in our generation was you have to drink milk and if you drink mm-hmm. milk, you become yeah. that buff guy. If you boy. drink milk, you slam a kitchen to pieces and say, this is your milk on drugs. <laughs> I might be confusing that commercials. Pokemon. <laughs> uh, we are unfortunately out of time. Mike, moment of the week. This is a very funny show. Funny show if you don't count take. But it, uh, Rita's <laughs> saying I'm a pimp for producer, but it's the line... Looking the other way should be so much harder than it actually is. Yeah. Broke my heart! <laughs> It was so rough. You have so many emotions when you watch these shows. Yeah. I mean, you make I'm me really feel like a sociopath. <laughs> I just sit there and I'm just like, um, Pretend they're people more than the people you know. But my my moment of the week is an emotional one, which is uh, there was that episode where Cliff went into the <laughs> underground and several people in the underground said to him, like on behalf of Jane, like, it's, it's wrong that you're here. You shouldn't be in here. Like, you're not invited and like that message was very clear the whole way through and the whole time he's like well fuck i'm just trying to save her what's the big deal and then in this episode he just goes to her and he's like i'm sorry like that was a violation i should not have done that it was wrong and i thought it was like it's what doom patrol is at its best which is like what are the like sort of interpersonal Mm -hmm. dynamics when you have a team like this and that when trying to save one another you might actually like intrude in a way that's not cool and later you have to say sorry i was in your underground mind palace encountering your other personalities yeah every episode uh since cliff went down there he's been like are you okay yeah what's it like i support you i'm curious i have questions and i'm just like speaking from my front brain and every time crazy jane was like you can't talk about it like it's not okay for you to even mention and just that didn't make sense to him until this episode my uh, my moment of the week was the whole last two minutes of Alan Tudyk <laughs> walking through a DC or Warner Brothers store all decked out in gear. <laughs> and now Vic is off the show, right? Like, I mean, the whole point yeah. is that his plan was to get Vic off the show, and th- now they've done that. I thought that was like a pretty interesting move. I that was hilarious to me. Like, that was such a good, well played, thought out. Like, and I, I'm sorry, did I say Alan Tudyk? Yes, I'm sorry, I meant. Pot Filter Hall of Famer Alan Tudyk. Oh, give him the respect he deserves. Uh, you guys hit the emotional and the 
like greatest moment of uh, the weeks, but mine will be uh, the fact that we got another little newscast about uh, Animal Vegetable uh-huh. Mineral Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, who was gunned down, yeah. but then sh- uh, it was the moment when she said, Larson was only shot in the minerals. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make a full recovery. Thankfully, he was only shot in the minerals. Oh, shit. We also got Cliff as a soap opera actor. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. This is a good episode. Oh, this There was this some <laughs> talk of a daytime episode. <laughs> it's me, from NASCAR who? driver, Cliff Steele. <laughs> Here, this will make you fast, and then the kid <laughs> fucking dies. They didn't spend any of that big time movie budget on making people look younger. That was just old fat oh, Brendan yeah, Fraser dude. and the soap yeah. opera. Have you seen a race car driver? They're pretty trim, small people. He's an immensity. Oh, <laughs> uh, guys, that is all the time we have for all of our shows. Next week, we've got the Legends finale. Woo! We've got the Supergirl finale. That's the CW finale. Yeah, like we're done with CW we're, after we're, next week. We're done. Well, other than iZombie. Son of a bitch. That's the Berlantiverse finale. Bing bong. Uh, and then we have the penultimate episode of Doom Patrol. Guys, Doom Patrol's almost done. What are we going to do? The episode is called Penultimate Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, lo- I love all of their patrols. Well, for Greg and Mike, for Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Taylor. And for Taylor, we're going to miss Mike. Bye, Mike. He's going away. See you later. I'm up with cancer. Yeah. See you in a few months. Patreon.com slash filter and pay money to hear more of me. So, Taylor, you will uh, say your name and then say, I'm here to talk about instead <laughs> of I'm here to say? Yeah. Generational like difference. I'm here to say. And now you can rap. I know for a fact that I cannot rap. Hi, everybody. I'm Additional Content, and I'm here to say. I'm yeah, you're already ruined. Yeah, it was already broke. Idiot. I'm Additional Content, and I'm here to say. I got more shit to tell you today. That's how easy it is. Now you go. Alright, hello everyone, my name's Additional Content today, and I am here to say... Additional Content. Additional Content. What's up everybody? I'm Triaminic. I I like to put herbs in a mortar and pencil and then just snort whatever comes out. Is that that weird chemical that also comes with the smasher thing? Yeah. That's what you're talking about? Well, one is the mortar and this one is the pestle, yes. Uh, Here's the mortar, here's here's the the pestle. (laughs) Open it up. Here's all the the pestle. If you have a mortar, I'm glad you stopped and thought about something to say to continue this. Good job, dude. You're doing good. Oh, I have Give some mortar based jokes. Give a man a pestle and he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to mortar and he'll, 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 he'll bomb civilians. <laughs>